0: I wasn't the one blaming him with that. Carson
1: Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying
0: Carson wants us to go. Your team sucked, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. (laughs) I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Daph Picks podcast. Today is Friday, October second. Alongside me here today as always I have our producer Parker. Hello. And just a quick note before we start today's show, this will be our last official normal episode of 2020. We'll have a lot more of that at the end of the show, and without further ado, we'll get right into it. Parker, your team finally did the thing. They finally won the cup. I cried.
1: <laughs> I was I thought brand for you. I was so like so many emotions, man. It was like a storybook ending. Stamco was coming in for like three minutes in uh, game five and just scoring a goal and then not playing the rest of the series. Like that's just that's Hollywood right there. And yeah. It,
0: like he his injury was bad too, we'll get to that too, but
1: Yeah, I always knew after twenty fifteen we would be back at some point, but it felt like it was sort of slipping away a little bit when we lost in game sevens to the Penguins and the Capitals and then getting swept the first round by the Blue Jackets, I was sort of worried, oh, was our window 2015? Because we've seen that happen with teams before that, sort of do everything right. They draft really well. They re-sign their players for below market value. They make deep runs, but they never quite get the prize. In the back of my head, I was always worrying, is that going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning? And I am so glad that didn't happen.
0: What a wild ride it's been for Tampa! They win the President's Trophy last year, they get swept by a team that was definitively worse than they are skill-wise, and then they come back, have a very ho-hum start to the season, we go on a pandemic pause, and then they come into the bubble and win the whole thing. It's absolutely incredible. A feel-good story that isn't talked about enough, and I've railed on him since the start of this show and even before, John Cooper was a public defendant for, like, 11 years before he became a head coach in the NHL. He played rec league hockey on the side, coached a no nothing team, and then is now a Stanley Cup champion, like, a decade later. It just goes to show you that your dreams never end.
1: Yeah, I think we could take the burner away from his seat now. Yeah,
0: he's done it now,
1: and now, like, listen, you know
0: how pedigree goes in the NHL. He'll ride this Stanley Cup for the next 10 years. He could yeah. literally lose every NHL game and still have a chance.
1: Yeah, because the thing is with John Cooper is that he's an amazing regular season coach. So it's like, you know you're always going to be in the playoffs with him. And now that he right. got a cup, everything's gravy. It's like he's solidified his legacy. He's done it.
0: Right. And all of all of the what ifs, the trading a first-round pick for Barclay Goudreau, you know, going out and getting Blake Coleman out of a system that you don't know if he's going to fit in. None of that matters, now because now you have the cup. And you know what's better than having a drop pick? Having a Stanley Cup ring. And not so. only that,
1: but Tampa's poised for the future, too, and to still be contending, which is nice. Right. Because a lot of these players are either just entering or are right in their primes, like Victor Hedman, Stamkos, Brayden Point's just entering his prime. We're going to be seeing who's a good prospect, Volkov?
0: Volkov is Maybe. on the up-and-rise. Sergachev's going to be entering
1: his prime. Like Sergeyev's, like, nowhere close with his potential, which is kind of scary. Like, he's been on the third pairing.
0: Yeah, like, you'll see a lot of guys, like, Sorelli has room to grow. I said a couple seconds ago, Matthew Joseph, I believe, is higher in prospect.
1: Soreli- this was Sorelli's, like... Coming up, Hardy? Like, second year. Uh, like, yeah, second full year. Second full year, and he looks really good. He got Selkie nominations. Yeah. In a second a lot, year, that's nuts.
0: Yeah, you won't, he, you won't really hear good. about that. And that's the thing is, no matter what Tampa does this offseason, because they're going to have to do something. They don't have a ton of cap, but they're okay. They have the cop. That's all that matters. And listen, you got to remember, the person who's most responsible for them winning the cop isn't even there anymore, and that's Steve Eisman,
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen that happen, too, where a guy builds up a team, and then he leaves, and then they win after he leaves. Sort of like in the NFL with the Bucks, Tony Dungy built that team, and then John Gruden won it, literally the year after yeah. he got fired.
0: Yeah, so you just go to see like how long it took Tampa to get there. You know, it all started back when they drafted Stamkos, and I remember them asking like, was it a good pick to take Hedman You know, in that draft with I think it was Tavares, and sure enough, it was a great pick. Headman's incredible.
1: Yeah, with the whole team's just. Really gelled. And the scary thing is that they won it without Stamkos. And they won it in a year with a pandemic where you can't exactly have all of the super big traditional Stanley Cup celebrations that most teams get.
0: So I also and, have an interesting uh, fact about Stamkos. If I can just draw this in there quick. Yeah, sure. So I was listening to Steve Daniels' podcast. And I heard an interesting fact. Steven Stamkos has not played in the cup clinching game for either of his big trophies. He didn't play in the cup clinching game for the cup this year, and he didn't play in the cup clinching game for the gold medal with Canada. So he is not yet he's been a part of those teams, he's played in those games, but he's never been a part of the actual game where they went at. Which I think is incredible.
1: Yeah. I think Tampa might be hungry next year for Stamkos to win a cup while playing. Yeah. And I think that's I, kinda horrifying. <laughs>
0: Well, their core is set. They don't have major contract issues. Like, they're going to have to take care of some off-season, you know. Yeah, they have to goals. They have
1: to re-sign Chernak, and who's the other one? I think it's Sergeyev.
0: They'll be okay, though. They have the cap to re-sign. They're probably not going to make a big splash in free agency. Man, could you imagine if they get Taylor Hall? I don't want Taylor Hall. Okay, but your team would probably like Taylor
1: Hall. I mean, I know he's not amazing, but he's really good. Yeah, but I don't want to fork out $9 million for him. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, this is all topic. Because I don't if there... know if he's going to want to take a discount because he wants his money, but he also wants to go to a team that wins. Well, remember, like, Korea played in...
0: in it's, don't dude, People forget that Timu Solani and Paul Korea took major haircuts to play in Colorado and never won. But, like, imagine if, like, Alex Petrangelo or Taylor Hall took a haircut to, like, $2 million to play for Tampa. Because how did they not win the cup again? If they literally are a shoe-in, unless something <laughs> catastrophic happens. Fair. Anyways, back on topic. So Tampa wins. Now, the more depressing part of the story: the Dallas Stars lose. It all comes crumbling down now. Rick Bonus, the feel-good story, he takes over after Jim Montgomery leaves. He takes over. He, he's been in the game for 30 years, still never won a cup. He's this close, he might retire after it and he just he he doesn't get there. That's story number one. Story number two is where do the Dallas Stars go for now? Like if you're the stars, what do you do? What does their cap look like, do we know? It's not great. Oh, and they no. have a lot of money divested in players who don't deserve it. Now that's you neither know, here nor there, but they have a lot of cap between their big three and their goaltending. I mean I'm pretty sure is a free agent. If he's not, he's only got a year left you I mean it, there's no chance he replicates this, but, like, do you consider making him your starter? Do you trade him away for an asset? Do you...
1: I'd trade I mean, him away. He's 35. They could get so much more value from him by trading him at the height of his trade value, which is right now, than keeping him for, what, two or three years? Like, it, yeah, like it makes more down, sense yeah. to trade him, unfortunately. Especially because, you know, you have Ben Bishop, that's still your starter, and then you have a Jake Gottinger who's going to be coming up soon. Yeah,
0: it's a good little conundrum to have. I mean, you just got to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, you know your team is good enough to get there. But, man, any other year, if Colorado's goaltending doesn't literally evaporate, if their run to the Cup is harder, I don't know that Dallas makes it there. Like, Vegas, they, like, they were really much benefited by teams' goaltending disappearing, either by being injured in Colorado's case or not playing well in Vegas' case. So if you're Dallas, do you re-sign Corey Carey? Do you nope. do you keep Joe Pavelski because he's got two years left? Do you try to trade him at the peak of his value what's left? That defense did not play great. There's a lot of good stories, you know, is is incredible. Joel Kivirantes looks like an actual NHL player, not just a one off wonder. Tyler Sagan, though, I mean, he was awful. He played through a myriad of injuries, but he was awful.
1: Yeah, I know the things with Tyler Sagan is, and I know this from the NHL games, but he, NHL game simulations, you know, in like NHL 20 and 19 and whatever, Uh uh-huh. he's always a scoring machine. Yep. And I'm just, how could he not what? score a goal in the playoffs? Like, he scored, like, Four or five, like how you're too good. I
0: mean, that's the thing is he plays with a lot of injuries and in it. In Tampa's case, the injury Stamkos had, he was more beneficial to be on the bench because half of Stamkos was not better than a better top line they had. But Dallas needed Tyler Seguin because Tyler Sagan Okay, I shouldn't say he was awful. He wasn't good offensively. He generated a hell of a lot of shots, but not a ton of important ones. And he didn't do a lot of scoring. He was fine defensively. Like, Taylor Sagan's not a liability, really. He checks. Like, he's a grinder. He's really a skilled grinder. He's what I think people thought Jamie Van was. And Jamie Van is just a grinder. <laughs> it's a tough situation for them to be in. I mean, that's the thing, because all of their stars are old. Radulov, old. Jamie Van is older. Both their goaltenders are up there. John Klingberg's about to enter his age 30 season, I believe. The only two guys that are young and stars on that team are Sagan, who's going to be a of next year, and Heisken, who's, which is, Heisken's good for the long term, but, like, that's one guy that you know definitively you have. Yeah. We'll definitely see. I'm not, it's hard to say because if you're a Dallas Stars fan, it's hard to not be excited like, hey, we just made the cup finals. But, like, man, remember what happened to Vancouver in 2011? after they thought, like, they were so close, and then they just, they literally self-destructed. Tampa, too, after 2011. There's a lot of teams that, after they make the cup final, they think that they're just as good next year, and they're not good. They, like, Dallas really, like, you said this last show, it's called a miracle run for a reason, because they really shouldn't have been in that position. They're not good enough. Dallas is not a good enough team to compete for the Stanley Cup.
1: In the most normal years, now, 2020 is not normal, but. Take another example is like the New York Rangers. After their Stanley Cup appearance, they won the President's Trophy. The SCS Conference Finals got booed out in seven. Then the year after that, they weren't even close. Yep. We see it happen a lot in the NHL. Like I feel like more so than in other leagues, we see a huge turnover in conference finals appearances alone.
0: The NHL is a league of parity, which means on any given season, any team can win the Cup. Except the makes- Buffalo Sabres. Which we're going to get to, and I'm going to put that in our little text so that I have it. <laughs> we will get to the Buffalo favorites, But any given team can win it, except for Buffalo. But like you said, like most teams can win it because they're all pretty much good enough. That's what makes it exciting, but it also makes it hard for teams and fans. Because, yeah, your team might be, okay, Like as a Penguins fan, my team for the last decade and a half, have been good enough to make the playoffs every year without worry, for the most part. Uh, you know, teams like the Devils and the Flames don't have that. And in the same way that yes, the Penguins always make the playoffs, at least during the Crosby era, they usually aren't like they aren't always favorites because other teams are just that good. Like you have Tampa, you had Boston, you have you know Vegas in the West. Now that's the thing about parity is it's great for it's great to keep competitive games, but it's terrible because you never know if your team is good enough.
1: Yeah, it depends on so many little factors. It depends on how the seeding is broken up for that year. Like, you get, like, a really easy run like Tampa did in 2017 because it was the Devils they got in the first round, and then the second round they got the Islanders, and then in the third round it was the Capitals. Right. Up until that point were considered second-round chokers.
0: Literally, yeah. So, they were from
1: that pick up. In most worlds, that's considered a stupid, easy playoff schedule. Yeah, you and, get and then you could game. have Dallas's schedule this year, which was a murderer's row of Calgary, Colorado, Colorado, and Vegas. Like that's Vegas. that's rough, dude. That's tough. Yeah. Like say what you will about Calgary, but they're a physical team, and Dallas really didn't match up well against them. Yeah, they got. Again, I don't like to use luck because you have to make your own luck, but
0: Dallas lucked out a lot. Every team's goaltending forgot how to play goalie, and every team's defense kind of forgot how to play defense. And sometimes, like in the case of Vegas, they just couldn't score. Yeah. It worked. It was a wild playoffs. One thing of note that I did want to touch on, out of all the sports leagues, the NHL is the only one that the bubble held up. 30,000 tests plus administered, no positive cases in the bubble. Thanks, Canada. So, I mean, you can give a round of applause if you like, but, like, really good job with NHL. I don't give Gary Bettman a lot of props. He's usually not great at this kind of thing. They did a fantastic job quarantining the players. I'm sure inside the bubble, I, I heard life wasn't fun. But listen, like, they made it livable. The players, you know, they had a successful Stanley Cup presented with no delays. Nine straight weeks going on 10 of hockey without a single positive test. That is fantastic, because you look at leagues like the MLB, who in week one had a team basically unable to play due to COVID. The the Marlins had to
1: sign half their team off free agency And they still went to the playoffs. Yeah.
0: And then you have the NFL, who in week four is already having to cancel games. Yeah,
1: Steelers and Titans. I know. That's what I said. It's tough.
0: But good on the NHL. They got through it. They stuck it out. They did the right things. Their COVID testers were great. I mean, like I said, we we all thought the NBA was going to be the best, and they failed pretty bad. The NHL, for the first time ever, is the best sport right now because of what they were able to do. They were able to present their cup, their trophy, with no issues. So, good on them. Great job by the NHL team, and hopefully whenever we come back, we won't need a bubble. But regardless, the NHL has the roadmap. Now it's up for the other leagues to follow. So, We're going to touch on a lot of things today hockey-related, but I think we have to get to Buffalo first. No, actually, I have one more. I have a tweet I'd like to talk to you about, if I may. Do you know what tweet I'm talking about? I'm sure I will. So let me pull it up here, and I won't read it verbatim. So Damien Cox, Damo Spin on Twitter if you want to read the tweet. You know, I'll just read it verbatim because we'll just do that. This is 10.55 on 9.28. I think that's where the cup was awarded. Not as difficult to win a cup when there's no road games, no travel. Still a difficult thing to win at all. Tampa gave lots of sweat and blood to make this happen, but let's not compare bubble hockey with the real thing. And he, in saying that, is literally marginalizing this cup, saying it is not the same thing. Now, he's been on Twitter tirade. He's been arguing with people for the past two days, saying he never said it was easier, it's just not the real thing. Which, to his credit, he never said it was easier, but it was very highly implied.
1: But he said not as difficult to win.
0: Well, yeah, so I guess he did say it's easier. So where do you, like, I have a hard time with him saying that, because I'd argue this year it's tougher. You're away from your family, like, they played the a video, I'm pretty sure, again, I heard that from Steve Dangle's podcast. And they played a video of the team of Tampa getting off the plane and them all hugging their families. Like, that's real. Like, that's tough. You're away from your wife and your kids and your whatever during the pandemic. That's a tough gig. I don't care how much money you make. And there's horror stories from inside the bubble about the food and about transportation and about not being able to do anything. Like, I get they get paid to play hockey for a living. But there's still people. They still need to occupy their time and they still have people they, they like and love back home. So I'm sure that it was not easy.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very bad take. Like, there's so many pundits out there who are like, oh, they're hockey players. All they are is hockey players. That's all we think of them as. That's all we should think of them as. Their only goal in life should be about hockey. Their life should be revolved around hockey. Everything should be about hockey and making the team win and being unselfish and blah, blah, blah. All that nonsense. They were away from their families for 10 weeks. They were around they were locked in a building for 10 weeks straight. You're like you couldn't leave. You couldn't leave. Yeah. You were stuck there. I, and it's like and... it's mentally tough being stuck in the same spot for a while and it's hard to sort of get that drive when you don't see anyone in the stands and you're just sort of shooting up puck around.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were reports, and I believe them, I legitimately believe them, that there were teams who were just not interested in winning the cup this year, that it wasn't worth it to them. And honestly, I don't blame them, because look at what the Capitals did. It was clear that they didn't care. They literally just did not care. They went in, they played hockey, they went home. The Penguins, they didn't have a care in the world. I think even the Flames, you can argue, they didn't care enough. And honestly, like I said, I don't blame them. In a situation like this, yeah, that's their job. But it's hard for that to be their singular focus. So maybe it's not that they didn't care, but the focus isn't there. Like if you, all of these players, they, and the coaches too, coaches, referees, anybody who's in that bubble, they have family and people back home that, that they care about, that they are away from. How could your focus be on playing hockey in an empty stadium? It's not easy.
1: Yeah, I give a lot of props to Tuka Rask when he left. I remember he got slammed a little bit, but what was it, his daughter was in the hospital or something?
0: He had a family emergency, and basically he needed to go home, which I had no issues with. I Ben Bishop, I don't think, even had any issues, and he just didn't want to play, and I have no issue with that. I have no issue with any player. If their only reason is I don't want to play in a bubble for 10 weeks, I have absolutely no issue with that, because that's tough, being away from people, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not easy, because you never know what they're going through mentally. You never know, you know, these players, they are still people, they still have... You know mental issues and they still have you know physical issues like hey listen it's tough being away from your what well, it, it's taking you out of your homeostasis you know what i mean mm-hmm. so terrible take damian cox known for them i hate giving light to things like that but it was just such a stupid take
1: that i had just yeah had to I've, I've been i was actually going to bring it up a few words i've been hearing takes like that a lot sort of diminishing the win i'm just like what if, if yeah. anything this wins more harder than any of the others it's like they're always going to be remembered now as the team that won during the pandemic right like okay you say it has an asterisk
0: yeah sure it has an asterisk as being the one of the hardest cups to win the last time that the nhl almost had to cancel the season due to something outstanding like i'm not talking lockouts because that's their own stupidity the last time they almost had to cancel the season and lost players that had to opt out was the friggin war in world war Two. Like, this is when players like Odie and Sprague Cleghorn, who I've brought up on the show, still roam the earth, okay? We're talking (laughs) back in the day when George Vezina was alive, when he still played goalie. That's the last time the NHL almost had to cancel the playoffs. So, anyway, that was my soapbox moment. Would you like to, Parker, we've had a pretty mellow show until that point. Would you like to talk about Buffalo right now? I would love to talk about Buffalo. Now, before we do, I have to ask you, this is our last full-on show of 2020. I'm probably going to get explicit. Just be ready, okay? What the fuck are the Buffalo Sabres doing? Making Jack Eichel happy, question mark? Did did you see the trade rumors? Because it's from Bob McKenzie, so it's, it's legit. Who are the new ones now? That his okay. First of all, I'm pretty sure his agent's name is Peter Fish. That's legitimately the man's name. His name is Fish. Which is cool. So, I respect the drip, alright? So, uh, apparently, Eichel's agent, Peter Fish, said that Jack... There is rumors that Jack Eichel had requested a trade. You can read all this on Bob McKenzie's Twitter page, too. There is rumors that Jack Eichel requested a trade out of Buffalo. That wasn't true. Eichel's getting ready to go back to Buffalo to prepare for training camp for whenever the season starts. However, it is true that he is unhappy and would like them to win. That he's trying to get on the same page with the new GM... And he's trying to figure out how they can be better. Jack Eichel legitimately has no help. The team, the only reason they gave, apparently, and again, I steal a lot of things from Steve Dangle and from Twitter, is that they already paid his bonus for the year. So they don't want to trade him right now. If your only reasoning to not trade Jack Eichel is because you paid him, and not because it's Jack freaking Eichel, you might be a bad hockey team.
1: Even if they were to trade Jack Eichel, I don't think what they would get back in return would help them or be close to the same value. You cannot win that trade. You cannot win that
0: trade. Let's play Fantasy GM for a second. Jack Eichel for Alexis Lafreniere, trade up. Both teams probably do that trade. I don't care how good Lafreniere is in the next decade or two decades, however long he plays. You lose that trade.
1: Yes, because I don't want to see Lafreniere in Buffalo.
0: (laughs) Well, yes. And at the end of the day, Alexis Frenier, as good as he is, and as high on him as we are, is still just a draft prospect. He has not played a single game of NHL. He has not played a single game of AHL. He is not a professional hockey player yet. Jack Eichel has Hart nominations on a year where his team could not make the playoffs in a series where 26 of the 31 teams made it. You were so bad that you were one of five teams that did not qualify, or was it one of seven teams that did not qualify for playoffs. If you're a member of one of those seven teams who did not qualify for playoffs, you're probably on a bad team.
1: Yeah. Tell you what, though, the Rangers need a center. If they do that trade, they win easy.
0: <laughs> I have a thing I'd like to talk about, if I may. And this is a callback to 2014. May I do that? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to toss this out there. June 26, 2014, CanucksArmy.com. I've heard about this on a couple things. Have you ever heard of Sham Sharron? Uh, rings a bell? So Sham Sharron, they put a potato at a draft keyboard, and programmed it basically to draft every NHL team's thing. So they basically just put an actual potato and let it draft better than NHL team's, and it did. It drafted better. Could Sham Sharon the potato 3.0 draft better than the Buffalo
1: Sabres? I think I could draft better than the Buffalo Sabres, so probably. Like, I don't understand how they're this bad. I really don't. They're not even the only New York team that
0: I'm going to yell at today. I've got more yelling done for the Rangers. I'm not done yet. But I'm just saying, Buffalo, they're this bad. How do you get this bad? How many rebuilds do the Buffalo Sabres have to go through? How many hideous iterations of the slug jersey and of that awful blue and gold do you have to go through to get better, to be able to be a playoff team, to be able to give your star a chance to win? Because I'm just saying... Ryan O'Reilly left a year after saying he didn't enjoy hockey for that team anymore and won the friggin' Colin Smythe or whatever it was for the Blues. If Jack Eichel leaves, he might win the Stanley Cup and win the heart. So you better be very careful before you trade away your best player.
1: Yeah, they only have, like, two players worth being excited about. That's pretty sad.
0: Who are those two players?
1: Eichel and
0: the Yeah, okay, that's fair. It's just, like... They're so bad. They don't even have a goalie.
1: They don't even have a goalie. It's <laughs> not very good. <laughs> hey, we haven't seen him in the NHL yet. Who knows? I always reserve my judgment until they start playing NHL games. Alrighty. Are you okay to move on from Buffalo? Do you have any more thoughts? Yeah, like I, I don't have much to say about Buffalo. I, always, I never have good things to say about them. Okay. And if they want me to say good things, do good things. Alright. I got another team. I'm going to lambast here. I told you it's going to be explosive. You ready for this? Oh boy! Can you guess what he's about to roast over those spits? Oh boy, here's Brodo, still sad that he can't get Lafreniere. Fuck
0: the New York Rangers.
1: Yep, here he goes.
0: Not just for Lafreniere, but also Lafreniere. Number one, you have an obligation. Your team is not good enough to win Stanley Cup. That is a bona fide truth. The New York Rangers are at least a year away from being good enough. Unless they go out and spend money, which they can't, Because they now have $13 of dead cap on their books. So unless they go and get free money from somewhere, they don't have the cap to go and get a player like Petrangelo or Hall and be off easy. So they're a year or two away until their big guys develop into big guys. Until Lafreniere, that is, you know, at least a year in the NHL. Until their prospects are good. The Rangers bought out the only member of the New York Rangers from 2005 till now. That was actually legitimately amazing. Henrik Lundqvist was bought out on Wednesday making it an unceremonious end to the tenure for a goalie who literally saved I believe it's like three hundred more goals than was expected in his tenure with the Rangers.
1: Yeah, he was the best goalie in the
0: HL. From two thousand yeah from two thousand seven till two thousand twelve, Longquest was
1: definitively the best goalie, him and Price. I'd bump it through the twenty fourteen, honestly.
0: Yeah, and I mean here's the thing. I get it. I get why they want to do it. They have Chesterkin. He's their starter. I have no problem with that. Gorgia, he's a very good backup, and they're probably going to resign him for cheap money. That's fine, too. I have no problem with that. Where I begin to have issues is the fact that they bought out Lunquist. They couldn't find the suitor for him. Lundqvist is not bad. Like, okay, he's not Henrik Lundqvist anymore. He's still... You could make the argument based on his stats. He could be a starter somewhere. Like, Lundqvist in Carolina would be a very big upgrade. Or at very least, a 1A-1B with Peter Morazic. If they have Lundqvist and Morazic, I feel comfortable with that if on the Hurricanes. Do
1: you not? Yeah, but that's a very short-term solution. You're only going to get, like, maybe two years out of him.
0: Hey, you only need to wonder about the cup, though, sure, until you can develop sure. your
1: own goalies. And they have a goalie in the system that they're
0: working on in Djokovic, who apparently is almost ready. I don't know. I don't love the idea of the Rangers' buying out. I just feel like Lundqvist should have been a ranger for life. And who knows? Maybe he goes to Frenzy, see, sees that there's no teams, and retires. That's still a possibility. Not a distinct one, but a possibility nevertheless. But it's going to be so weird when we watch hockey again, whatever that is, and Lunquist is in a uh, Coyotes uniform or something. I, I don't know. Not the Coyotes, but like a team like that. I just have so many issues with what they're doing with that situation.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan, but I mean... They made a business move, and that's that. They'll probably smooth things over with him when he retires, but right now, yeah, that's not really a good look. I'm hopeful yeah. if he does sign with the team, he signs with Tampa, because Tampa can now pull a Chicago and be a free agent veteran destination to win a cup. Or as I call it, the old guy's <laughs> team. Yeah, and since... Lundqvist won't really ask for much because he's getting bought out. He could probably go to Tampa on like a league min or like maybe like a one mil, two mil contract
0: as yeah, he's a backup. million free and clear, basically. He's getting that money regardless for the next couple seasons. So he can go and sign with whoever. Okay, I have I have a proposal for him. I really like this idea. Tell me what you think. Go and sign for, I don't know, a million. We'll get, we'll, we'll get, it's he's not going to take 750, okay? But he'll probably take, a million, right? He goes to Colorado, and he, him and Grubauer do a one A one b kind of thing. Do you hate that? Because I definitely don't. I will hate that, because he won't be in Tampa. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, Lundqvist up there makes a lot of sense for them. They have a lot of cap to spend. They're already a super team. Like, they're as close to Tampa as any other team. Like, they're the next best team in the NXL, I think. Yeah. So, by talent alone, if you get a serviceable goalie, like, I don't like Grubauer that much. But he's okay. If you get Longlist in there and he still starts, good for him. I think he's got a real chance at the Cup.
1: Yeah. I, I agree, honestly. That wouldn't be a bad move for him at all. It'll be interesting to see
0: where he does end up because at this point, I mean, he can kind of go anywhere. Like you said, he really could pick any team because he can take league men and play there. He can go to, you know, a team as good as Tampa and get paid like, you know, not very much and win a Cup, potentially. Or he can go to a team like <laughs> Would he go to a team like Los Angeles? No. And make like a ton of money to be on a bad team. No, because he's already making his money. <laughs> I mean, you can never have enough money. But I, no, I, think, I understand what you're saying. I think Hank wants to win a cup. I think he does too, man. I also, I wouldn't hate it. He, he might go back to Sweden and finish out his career there. If he still got, if he still thinks he's got juice left, like I know the Swedish Elite League Cup doesn't mean a lot to us, but. Those countries celebrate those cops. Like, he can go back to, I think he played for, for Lunder or HK. He can go back there and play for them and win a cop And then he he never officially left the Rangers, right? He stole a Ranger for life. So,
1: I don't know. There's a lot of things he could do. We'll see. I'm excited to see where he ends up, though. I mean, we've seen older goaltenders carry their teams to deep playoff runs like we saw that with Tim Thomas with the Bruins but a little smaller example this one's also Tampa but Dwayne Rollison in 2011. I Did forgot about know, Dwayne Rolison. Yeah every, everyone forgets about him he had a pretty good playoff run that year not bad for 38.
0: So I'm looking through now we do have something I wanted to get us into here now the NHL is winding down we have the draft coming up right and next show we're going to completely dedicate to the NHL draft so We have a lot on our plate for that. We want to discuss Lafreniere and Byfield, comparables, things along that line. And we'll touch on that a little bit more as we get closer to the end of the show today. But for now, Parker, I had something I wanted to do with you today on the show. If you'll call back to the intro, I wanted to go through our best shows of 2020. So do you have any personal favorites you liked?
1: I loved the Tom Brady episode we had. That would be Gary. the
0: first episode of the year. Listen, Gary, they're all terrible.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was very fond of that episode. I thought that was one of our better ones. Half of it's the intro. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there were a lot of things that went well in that show that I really enjoyed. And another one I liked was the one where we had Mike on. That one, oh, was, a, um, that one was a very ideology. good show, too. That would be Ideology. That would be yep. number 44. Yeah, that one was fantastic.
0: I got I got to say, I'm going to give us a rolling list of our, my 10 favorite names from 2020. <laughs> Love, listen Gary, they're all terrible. What's your deal with Jordan Stahl? Got to say, do you want to see the afterlife? And give he gave him a meatball back to back were Pretty Clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Bra, how'd you get an orchestra in your bedroom?
1: Oh yeah, that was, st- <laughs> yep,
0: I remember that one. They've got a thing called the Perfection Line. The f bomb, which I'm pretty sure was in reference to me cursing, yeah. The and it first explicit,
1: the first explicit episode. Um, you son of a bitch, because you started a trend of like ten straight episodes of explicit, and I'm just like, what? Ah, let, let me damn. see. Hold on, I want to. That was not the first explicit episode. The Mets, man, is rocket was. That's different.
0: Okay, so let's see how many in a row. Let me just finish off my last three. I think. The pile of money that was burned is great. And the the, the superstar Jokey Miranda were all fantastic. So let's see. Okay, it was not 10. It was, oh, hold on. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. It was 6 and then like 1 right after that. It was like 6 and then 1 off. So it wasn't that bad. This one's going to be explosive too, I hate to tell you.
1: Thanks, I hate it. Can you remind me what the bra, do you have an orchestra in your bedroom? What does that mean? Oh, that was when we had Adam online and he was talking about like this is when you were talking about the Dapfix book club and he was talking oh. about how he was working like one of his music projects for school <laughs> where it's like they had like all the instruments like recorded individually. Oh or, my god. Or, or, and, I, don't I forget, it but it's like it, it sounds really bad. I and, love it. And, and, <laughs> I uh, we
0: have so you you have a knack for naming these episodes.
1: Yeah, I? I named a couple of radio shows back at Wilkes. I was known as like the guy to name stuff, and I guess I carried that over with this, and I'm okay with that. I didn't come up with the name for the podcast though. That was you. Hell yeah!
0: If nothing else though, my favorite episode is "Bro, how did you get an orchestra in your bedroom?" I. <laughs> I love that. I didn't even realize that, that was a, that was an actual episode.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because that one was really just a hangout episode, honestly. <laughs> we had well, we had a few of those because freaking Corona decided to fuck our shit up. Yeah, so.
0: and it's it's still doing that. You could also see because we were never explicit in the studio, you could see the moment we get out of the studio, we were like, fuck this, I don't care. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah i guess it humanizes it a little bit it does i mean i do like i am a- very explicit in person as birdo knows i'm also very loud <laughs> yeah
0: you're yeah you have to fix my mic audio a lot because i'm a little loud it's okay though
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then, you up- they- and then you end up being too quiet in the mix and i'm just like fucking kellen gotta go through this again
0: And I like that we were able to do good sports this year, too. I just want to carry that out going forward, because I had a lot of fun recording those, getting those in. Don't want to forget David Ross. I'm going to make sure that's a question again at some point. (laughs) You know, I really hate you sometimes, man. I'd also (laughs) like to take a moment. I haven't done this in, like, 30 shows since, like, last year. Can I have Birdo's Corner for a second? Chris's Corner? The what? fucking Miami Marlins made the playoffs. Can we just point that out there? I just wanted to put that out there today. I I know I said that earlier in the show. The Marlins made the fucking playoffs.
1: Yeah, and this was the same team that had to sign half their team off of free agency. And they got better?
0: There are some teams I look at and I'm like, how are you worse than the Marlins? The Phillies. They There was a uh, an article out in The Athletic. I can't remember what, what it, who wrote it or what it was called. It was probably Jeff Passan, but I'm not sure. It was like they gave up the Cy Young and the Cy Yuck, and they gave the Cy Yuck of the NL to the entire Phillies bullpen. The Phillies bullpen allowed, listen to this, 38 more home runs. Sorry, no, I think it was 100 more home runs and 38 less innings than the starters did. So the starters were great, and then the Phillies' bullpen played with a blindfold on.
1: Yeah, I had Aaron Nola on both of my baseball fantasy teams. He was just lights out the whole year. And I couldn't think of any other pitcher on that team. Aaron Nola and I don't remember. That sounds about um, right.
0: I, there was that, hey, there was definitely a pitcher there. I just don't remember who. But yeah, so I wanted to take a moment to show some appreciation for the Marlins, who I admittedly... At the beginning of our at the beginning of our podcast, I ripped on them because they were not doing the greatest business moves. But good for them. I'm I'm glad they deserve some happiness. Sixto Sanchez, man,
1: former Philly Sixto Sanchez, <laughs>
0: oh. inquired for J T. Romuto, who is probably going to leave. But that's a different topic. That's hilarious. He's going to come cover... back to Miami. God, I know we don't cover a lot of baseball
1: on the show, but do you have any like predictions for who might win?
0: Like, just give me like a random like what team.
1: I'm good go with the Homer pick here. I think the Rays can make a fun run. Well, we're really gonna see because my pick is playing your team, because the Yankees play them. Fuck.
0: Garrett Cole gave one, baby. I'm
1: ready. Fucking sick of the Yankees. Weren't you guys like ass bad for like a month? We we were bad for half of the
0: season, and we still snuck in and friggin' roasted the Indians. We destroyed Cleveland.
1: Well yeah, well Cleveland only has four really good pitchers, and that's it. That's, like, their whole team. They, yeah, they've been yeah. riding off of a very solid starting core for, like, forever. And it's like, even when they had guys leave or traded away, like, they've traded away, like, three of those guys, and they're still really good, at least where pitching is yeah. concerned. They got rid of Clevenger,
0: they lost Trevor Bauer. Kluber. Kluber. Carr- Carrasco too, I think.
1: No, they still have Carrasco. Yeah, he was it. just injured last year.
0: Shane Beaver put that team on his back this year, but that's, that's off-topic. Anyways, so yeah, baseball playoffs happening now. Being that this is our, as we're winding down the show today, being that this is our last show of 2020 for, like, live recorded with news, we're not going to be able to cover, you know, the baseball playoffs. But we'll have, I'm sure we'll have an article out or something at some point. And, I mean, we'll be back before the NFL playoffs start. Because that will be until February, right? Or the, the Super Bowl, at least. So, we'll have... Check our website, you know, com for those updates. So, Parker, next episode, what do we have? Do you have the attender or do you want me to lay it out for us? It's the draft, right? Yes, we have the draft. So we'll be going over... We are going to try to do a live show. But because it's Discord and because it's hard getting people on during this time of the year, we're just going to have... Probably us recording. I'm going to try to get more guys, maybe Adam or somebody on.
1: Yeah, I'd so like to get I'm Adam going. on.
0: I'm sure he'd be down. I mean, I know we're talking out loud here, but I mean, I'm, I people that seem to enjoy Adam, so we're going to see if we can get him back on here. And we'll go through the draft, kind of go through the 30 picks, and it will be good. I, I know originally the plan at the start of the year was to do, you know, a live draft show that we do with the NFL draft, but as you know, with 2020, nothing really goes as planned.
1: That's a way of putting it. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so we'll be doing one more episode. If there's any, I mean, hopefully that by then we'll have some trade news. So that'll be the day of the draft. We'll be recording. But yeah, so we have all that for you guys coming up very soon. And then we'll be taking a short hiatus, recording and outputting. And then we're going to pick back up with good, sh- uh, good sports in November. We'll record a couple episodes for you guys to have till end of the year. Um, we'll have Dylan back on. We'll have Adam, probably some new guests. I know, uh, I know, Gino and Penny and Aaron and you know anybody else will probably come back on too. So we'll have a ton of guests back on to kind of close out the year. Parker, what a wild 2020 it's been, huh? It's been a yes, crazy it has. Year. In the year that I, I'm sorry to bum the show out a little bit, in the year that started off with Kobe Bryant passing away, it's crazy to think that that's not even the craziest sports moment. What a wild ride. So, yeah, so that's the agenda. Do you have anything else you wanted to add majorly to today's show?
1: I've been thinking about Buffalo. Okay, and
0: let's go back to Buffalo. <laughs>
1: I hate to just pile the shit pile on them, but I think I just figured out why they might be listing the offers for Jack Eichel. Why is that? Because um, they already have his replacement in Eric Stahl. <laughs> You know, you might be on something. I mean, hey, Eric Stahl is
0: a stud from about 10 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't understand what they're doing there. <laughs> Buffalo's not even a nice city. I'm sorry, Buffalo. It's not even a nice city. Like, there's no benefit oh, to being careful. there. Careful, those I...
1: mafia will be... start coming. Bro, they, they need to start worrying about winning games. Bills mafia sucks.
0: <sighs> it's just such a shitty place. It's cold. And it's like, it wants to be Canada, but it's not cool enough to be Canada. And it wants to be New York, but it's not cool enough to be New York. It's like, okay, tell me I'm wrong. Buffalo is East Coast Wisconsin.
1: I've never been to Wisconsin. I don't know what that means.
0: It's just farmland and drab and, like, you go there and you're like, hey, I got buffalo wings. Like, hey, I got Wisconsin cheese. Like, it's cold and you can see Phil Castle probably has been there before and, like,
1: Well, Uh, well, first off, Wisconsin doesn't really even have the best cheese. That's Vermont that has the best cheese. Whoa!
0: Whoa! Okay, uncalled poor shot at Wisconsin. I'll have you know our Wisconsin listeners are very devout about their cheese. Well, would you like to hear some of our new good sports categories? Is one of them cheese? One of them is not cheese, not yet. We're bringing back potpourri. As we do, because I'm stealing that one from Jeopardy, because it's, you know, or some, something along those lines. Maybe it'll be like, Don Terry Pope or something like that, I don't, I don't know. I got don't MMA, I'm po- to in! I got some other ones too, but I want to keep those under cringing,
1: wraps. cringing, so. dude. That, that, that would be bad.
0: I know, I'm excited. So I'll have that <laughs> ready to go. It's gonna be a good ride. I think we're doing, what are we doing, three episodes of Good Sports? Sounds good to me. Okay, excellent. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about on today's final show? Anything you could think of before we wrap?
1: Oh yeah, there was a hockey transaction the other day. Uh the Rangers moved Mark Stahl and Ooh, a second sorry. for nothing. And Detroit pretty much got a free second round pick. What is Steve Eiserman doing? I'm curious.
0: He's got a plan, and I don't like that. I don't like uh, he's he's
1: accumulating draft capital, that's what he's doing. Oh,
0: Oh, I know what he's doing. I don't like that he's doing that. I don't. I don't enjoy that.
1: that I mean, hey, like Mark Stahl out. has what, like one year left on his contract. The Red Wings. Oh, it's eat a great
0: trade for Detroit. It's a no-brainer. You take on a player who can play in your lineup, and
1: you get a pick for it. Of course, you take that on. I mean, Mark Stahl would make a good like bottom middle or middle pairing defenseman for Detroit. I mean, he's not bad. <laughs> well, uh <laughs> He's not poor. Oh, okay. Let me rephrase that. He's not bad. Like, he's not John Erickson bad. He's not Ben Lovejoy bad. Hey,
0: watch your mouth about the Reverend, alright? <laughs> I do have one more rant I have to go on to. It's gonna be a little bit of a longer one, so just drop in and enjoy. <clears throat> I wish we had some psychedelic or classical music to play at this moment, like... Alright, what the fuck are the penguins doing with Jack Johnson? Can you please tell me? <laughs> because I love the fucking ball. Jack Rutherford,
1: baby. He loves his third overall pick. Jim
0: Rutherford doesn't want to move him. Doesn't want to buy him out. But they go and get friggin' Mike Matheson with 35,642 years left on his deal. He'll be around until the Fallout universe and the video game is, is real. His contract goes forever and ever. And if you think it ends there, it doesn't, it keeps going. And we got him... So he's already a boat anchor, which I, I, I've had my say on that trade. It's an okay trade. Regardless, you go out and trade Patrick Hornquist for Mike Madison. Your left side, you have a coach who, I like Sullivan, adamantly refuses to play players on their off-handed side. He just doesn't do it, and that's okay. But you – the little like Jim Rutherford said, and we don't know what we're doing with Jack Johnson yet. You're going to pay him $3 million to sit in the press box. You're going to pay him $3 million to be a healthy scratch. Or you're going to pay him $3 million to be a trash can on the ice. Or, let's do the real thing here, buy him out, I don't care how much of t- capertine you have, get him off the fucking hockey team, or you trade him, I don't even care if you weigh down Matt Murray's contract so bad that you get nothing. If you do what you did with Mark Stahl's contract, even though it was your own fuck-up, I am 100% okay with you boat anchoring Matt Murray and his two Stanley Cups to get rid of Jack Johnson. I don't care.
1: I would love to see Jack Johnson stay in Pittsburgh. I would, and, and see, like, I would love to you, see... You. I would love oh, to see... I would love to see a Jack... No, 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 no. I would love to see a Jack Johnson-Mike Matheson pairing.
0: I hear the fucking thing! <laughs> They're saying that they might trade Chris LePay or Brian Dovalin! Like, hmm, I have this... It's like saying, I have this shiny gold pocket watch. And on the left side of me, I have a block of wood. Now... I have just gone out and gotten forty-five blocks of wood that get paid seven million dollars to do nothing. And that block of wood is Mike Matheson, and that block of wood is Jack Johnson, and then other block of wood that just left is Justin Schultz. Now I can take that shiny gold pocket watch named Crystal Tang and I can use him, or I can trade him because of the forty-five blocks of wood I just went out and acquired. And then on my left side I have another shiny gold pocket watch named brian Dublin, who i can trade because he's on the wrong side because he plays on the side of jack johnson because our Indian gm would rather ice a team that has jack johnson mike matheson and the ghost of christmas past on the left side instead of just trading jack johnson can i just point that out
1: you know i could see the trade right now with letang letang gets traded to the blackhawks for brent c Rook
0: and I will fucking explode because I don't. I don't. He's a three time Silly Cup champion, man. But Jim Rutherford's idea is. Jim it's, it's okay. There's an old. I think it was Andrew Berkshire pinned his Twitter for like a friggin' year. It was the Mark Bershavan gift from Ocean's Eleven of saying, hey, do we need another one? Yeah, let's go get him. Of another person in the movie. It was that, but for four flying grinders on the Montreal Canadiens. And instead of four flying grinders, it's blocked up named Jack Dawson and Mike Matheson and every terrible defenseman that doesn't know how to play hockey, except for when there are 35 years ago, they were drafted by Jim Rutherford in Carolina or whatever the hell he was. That is what he does. He goes and gets defensemen who don't play defense very well. Justin Schultz. Hey, why don't we just resign him? Because he's awful defensively. It seems like he's a Jim Rutherford guy because at this point, I'm seeing Jim Rutherford guys as guys who cannot play professional hockey in North America anymore.
1: I could see them trading Chris Letang for uh, Marco Scandella. I, I... Here's the thing. Jack Johnson can go to... And we'll tie this all
0: back... My eye is twitching. We'll tie this all back in together to your original point about Buffalo. Jack Johnson and Matt Murray can go to Buffalo and make them better! Jack Johnson is an immediate upgrade. <laughs> I don't know about that. Over no, because Jack Johnson wouldn't block Jack Johnson, who I'm sure is a great person, but he's an awful hockey player. It's an immediate upgrade over Bob Leatherchair, who plays left defense for Buffalo Sabres right now. Because Bob Leatherchair, who is not a real person but may as well be, because he's just as good as anybody else in the Sabres defense, is not as good as Jack Johnson because he can't. They're all bad. We have what I I told you. I have three. I have three qualifiers for hockey players. Elite, good, serviceable, serviceable bums. Jack Johnson is the fourth
1: here. I I don't think Jack Johnson would be able to break their lineup. So on the left side, they have Dalene, they have Jake McCabe, and they have Lawrence Pillett. who is
0: currently in Sweden.
1: <laughs> oh! Hold on load! Hold on. let's see here. Okay, then they have Matt Hunwick.
0: Who was a former Pittsburgh Penguin! <laughs> Who we paid Buffalo to take!
1: Jim Rutherford trades Jack Johnson to get Matt Hunwick back. Jim Rutherford... Oh my god, it's my nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's like the Truman Show, but with bad defensemen,
0: and I'm Jim Rutherford.
1: I don't he mean to just- laugh at your misery, I just
0: think it's hilarious jim rutherford's the type of guy who used to play runescape and go to the grand exchange and this is a really neat reference but i don't care he he would go to the grand exchange and he would buy 400 air runes at like 500 gp a piece because he thought that he can convince some bum in lumbridge to take them on for a thousand apiece and instead of getting a thousand apiece he got plain base scion armor and it's all he got. And you probably, I don't know if you play RuneScape. I don't know if anybody listening to this fucking show plays RuneScape. That's not a great trade-off. Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford is my fever dream, my sleep paralysis demon in my corner at 3 a.m. It's Jim Rutherford handing Jack Johnson the contract that says you play for the Pittsburgh Penguins for six more years. And Jack Johnson is doing, you know, the movie. it's Halloween, right? You know the movie It where he just does the tap dancing? It's Jack Johnson
1: Cat dancing on my face. Hey, watch what you say about Jim Rutherford. He's a Hall of Famer. I Yeah, I know that. I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame last year, actually. I'll tell you a story. I went to the Hockey Hall of
0: Fame with our friend Adam and Aaron and Penny and Dylan. We drove up six hours through Buffalo, that awful city of Buffalo that only has one thing going for it, which is Buffalo Wings. Fuck you, Buffalo. And we went across the border, across into Canada, beautiful country. And we got poutine, and we went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And... What do I see? I see a Sidney Crosby exhibit, and I see all the Stanley Cup winners, and I see a reminder that the Penguins have not won a Stanley Cup since Jack Johnson joined our team. I see a reminder that Jack Johnson is not a Stanley Cup champion, and on the hockey puck that I bought for $10 in gold and black, it says Jim Rutherford, Hall of Fame builder category. And you know what he's building those things with, Parker? Do you know what he's building with, Parker? Minecraft Blocks. Blocks. Named
1: Jack Johnson. Wooden Blocks. Well, it's a Minecraft block, so I wasn't too far off. I've been yelling for seven minutes, and the room
0: is beginning to turn an odd shade of purple. But I'd like to point out one more thing. I don't have a problem with Jack Johnson. I'm sure he's a great guy. He had that whole tax thing where his parents basically fucking took his money and left, and ran away with it, and spent that on a new house and car. I feel bad for Jack Johnson. However, he is fucking suck. You know how Ovechkin said when they won the Cup, we're not going to be fucking suck this year? Oh, Jack Johnson is fucking suck every year. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to lambast the guy. He doesn't listen to this fucking show. He makes $3 million to play for my hockey team. He can take a little criticism from a guy who runs a podcast. Oh my God. If the Penguins don't stop training for bad defensemen, we won't have to worry about what goalie we have. We don't have to worry about training for a winger for Sidney Crosby because Sidney Crosby is going to retire and the only thing we'll have left is 38 more years of Jack Johnson. <laughs> and I'm sure in the year 2045, when Jim Rutherford is the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins still, he'll be training for the ghost of Christmas past, like I said at the beginning of this year from the Buffalo Sabres, and finally going to reject Johnson's contract. I'm done ranting. Do you have anything to say? Hey,
1: if you want another bad defenseman, uh, you can have Gian Ruta.
0: Well, we already have Yusou Ricola sitting in the press box, because it's not enough to have bad defensemen sign the long-term deals and play in your everyday lineup. No, Jim Rutherford, he's the friggin' James Bond of it. He's got stealthy bad defensemen. He's got Yusou Ricola signed to an extra-year deal. He played, like, 12 games this year, sitting in the friggin' press box for a million dollars a year to be bad when
1: he plays on the hockey team. I don't he's, know. He's, he's badness personified. I don't know how the Penguins are so bad at getting defensemen. It's like, that's been their need for, like, what, 10 years? Forever?
0: There are two good defensemen on the pits for Penguins. Tell me who those defensemen are.
1: John Marino and Brian Dumoulin. Correct. Because Crystal Tang is not a defenseman. Crystal Tang 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 is, is, as I like to call it, a fourth forward. Yes, we just had the
0: fourth forward award show not long ago. Crystal Tang is a fourth forward who, every now and again stumbles into his defensive zone, makes a poke check, or dives down to the ice head first. That is what Crystal Tang is. And I love Crystal Tank. He's one of my favorite players. Crystal Tang is the reason I started following hockey. Because I thought he was fucking fantastic in, in the WBS. For the love of God. Please, Jim Rutherford, chill. Like, you don't need to trade brand new one. That's not the answer. Don't press that button. And the, the, you remember that, Parker? You're a meme guy yourself. You remember the meme of the superhero? And he's got the two red buttons. And one's a really obvious choice, like, get a piece of cake, and the other one's, like, friggin' I'm driving to a lake with the sweat on his brow. That's oh, yes, oh, yes, Training yes, yes. Trading Brian yes. Doolin or Crystal Fang for nobodies, or signing another bad defenseman. Exits every time, he presses that button, and, and you know what keeps falling out of the sky? Parker, do you know what keeps falling out of the sky? Wooden blocks named Jack Johnson. That would be the most I've ever yelled on a show, Parker.
1: Yeah, I was trying to rally you up. You did a great job. It, it was your fault. Yep. I take full responsibility for that. Alrighty. Do you have anything else you want to cover today? Not that I can think of. Okay. So with that, now that I am... Oh, that, I, I do. Miami okay. Dolphins won Thursday Night Football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now we're going to be seeing a beautiful matchup week four this Sunday between the two MVP frontrunners Russell Wilson, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Stay tuned.
0: That can't be a real thing.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't,
0: I don't understand. On that note, we're going to wrap our final show of this year live. We'll be back whenever the draft is. I think it's the October 7th. So next week, I believe we're going to be back recording a live episode, hopefully with a guest. If not, it'll be just us till again. And then after that, like I said at the top of the show, we'll be back. November was good sports. So keep an eye out around November 7th for the first episode of Good Sports. And then we'll be off until 2021. So thank you all for listening all year long. And Parker and myself and all of our guests. Parker, you anything you like to say in parting?
1: Yeah, uh, hopefully I'll have less work to work on when we start back up.
0: Honestly, retweet. So thank you all for listening all year long. We really appreciate it. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, which is where I listen to my podcast app. I don't know where you guys will listen to yours. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us, pretty sure you can still find us at uh, Cathbox. And most importantly, you can find us at daftpicks.com, which is where we post your articles. And to to all of our guests, especially those who came on during Corona and made time during a very difficult time of the year, we want to thank you all. People like Mike and whatnot who came on and talked about some very tough issues. You know, we brought them into tough situations with You know, there's a ton of stuff with Black Lives Matter that we got to this year and, you know, the, the, the police stuff. And, you know, really just want to thank everybody that came on this year for being a part of the show. We can't wait to see what we can do next year. So with that, Parker, this show better be named Wooden Blocks, and we'll see you all next year.